Episode 13, welcome to uh, Chop It Up with the Conduit. A special guest, Mr. Ishmael Butler, AKA Butter, or how I like to call him, Butterfly, but that's 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 the former, but we all know him now as Shabazz Palaces. Right on. You go ahead and say hello to the people, my brother. Peace, everybody. Everybody, good to see y'all. Thanks for joining in on the Conduit. Yeah, already know. Thank you very much. Yes, the zenith of slick demeanor already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I did the knowledge. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm good. So, how's everything out there? You on the west right now, right? Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm in Chi Town right now, but um, I live in Seattle. Yeah. So, how things are with you during this uh this COVID thing, bro? You know, I mean, usually we would have been dipping around here and there doing shows and stuff. Yeah. So we all miss that, but it's like, you just got to ride the waves and it's been cool being at home, making a lot of music and, you know, doing, doing, studying other stuff, you know, being calm for a minute. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So um, I'm going to just go ahead. We're going to jump back a little bit to the beginning. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. We're going to bring it to fruition and then bring it all the way around. God. All right. All right. All right. Um, I, I know your background definitely deals in jazz. So if you would like to give to the people, you know, your love for the alto saxophone. Uh-huh. My father, Reginald, he um he really loved the saxophone. Uh, alto cats, he really liked Cannonball. He liked Tenor cats, Coltrane, Lester Young was a favorite of his, Dexter Gordon. So he got me a saxophone in Philly when I was maybe in the sixth or seventh grade. I started taking lessons. When I moved back to Seattle, I was in jazz band in middle school and was taught by this cat, Wadey Irvin, a heavy cat, real good with the kids, taught us a lot of stuff. So he was the one that, uh, him and my father and mother were the one that really molded me, let me hear a lot of hip stuff, you know, told me who the people were, told me about the significance of the music culturally and just basically pushed me in the water. And I, I sort of got my footing and started dog paddling around, finding stuff I was interested in. And, by playing, learning a little bit of other music, as well as hearing a lot of stuff and seeing my parents and people I looked up to reaction to it, I got into it, you know, and um, that's how it all started really, with, with the jazz with me when I was uh, in middle school. In middle school, okay, so let's uh, fast forward and take that to to where uh, Diggable Planets is formed. Okay. I, I know uh, you and uh, C Knowledge basically met in Philly where he was part yeah. of the Dead Poet Society. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I uh, let's just say that the energies came together. Yeah, but I, I know that you being the producer, and you know, see, of course, being a, a a lyricist along with you know Mecca. You know, was the jazz along with their influence as well, or was more so you since you know you're let's let's say you're the the, the creator the creator. Yeah, honestly, I never looked at it as this is a jazz rap group. Right. But 
it just so happened that the things that I had at my fingertips, because you know back then it was all records. What records yeah. did you have? Yeah. Did you have some different joints from somebody else? And so I went to the records that my parents had, and right. that's where I got the, the samples to really, to really um, do the productions on the diggable stuff. So I, we wasn't thinking of it as, yo, this is jazz rap, but by virtue of where we was at in the atmosphere and what we had access to, it kind of naturally moved in that direction. You know what I mean? But we always thought, man, jazz and rap had a uh, a connection in its origins anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, I know you said that, uh, I guess, the, the quote unquote category jazz rap. When y'all heard that, did that upset you in, in, in any way? Or are you just, okay, we'll just take that moniker and run with it? It's two edged, you know, because recognition of any kind you got to appreciate you know what i'm saying so if people look in your way they might have an opinion or a label that might not you might have came up with but you respect that they even looked your way and that's the love side of it the hate it is like you don't want to get categorized into something that you yourself didn't define right you don't so, want to get boxed in exactly so also it's like all other cats was sampling you know from premiere to extra P to you know whoever like all the people that influence us we couldn't really take that and and be like we originated respected it but also tried to solidify doing our own thing you know what I mean and that not being defined by that really you know okay so uh let's let's take it to uh De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising because I know yeah. it was very influential to you yeah and being as though you're a producer and you know you produced you know, the majority of Diggable Planet's debut yeah. was Three Feet High Rising a, um, an influence on your production. Heavily, heavily. I mean, because up until that point, it was really a James Brown, it was really a James Brown dominated field with the yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people was running and, and, and chopping up a lot of James Brown and, um, like early disco breaks and stuff. Yeah. But Prince Paul with the three feet high rising, he really expanded the sample um, um, plaza. And everybody, once they tuned into that, they was like, damn, like this cat really opened it up to whatever. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it was so yeah. many songs, so many layers. It was just, it was masterful. You know what I mean? And all of us on the street at that time, when we heard it, cause first they came out with plug tuning and that was like, who is these cats? You know what I'm saying? And then when they dropped the album, everybody was just like, okay, it, everything's open now. Any record you get, you can, you just gotta make it, you gotta turn it into something fresh. And that's, that's, that's what happened with Three Feet High Rising to me. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people I was around at that time too, you know? Yeah. Um, speaking of that, uh, speak on, um, on the people you were around during that time. So when that came out, I was up in college at, at UMass. I was playing right. basketball. Yes, sir. And uh, so it was, I stayed in the hoop dorm with the, rather, with the other cats, cats from Connecticut, cats from Philly, cats from Pittsburgh, cats from New York, cats from B-more. You know, right. we all up in the dorm. We all no, was already right. listening to rap and everything. So when that thing dropped, like, you would walk by everybody's room and everybody's door would be open and that tape would just be, that was it. Like for like a, a solid year, that was that was it, That's straight up, you know. Yeah. So I was making music up there and, and thinking about making music a lot, even though I was hooping. But that would made me think like, damn, like 
you know, I'm really going to start trying to get in to find some dope records and really and make my moves. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's that's where I started it at, up at school in Massachusetts. Shout out UMass Amherst, all my Boston cats and everything up there, Northeast cats, Connecticut dudes, Rhode Island cats. It, it was cool up there. It was cool. Right. So indeed, so indeed. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, that classic debut, you know, ended up winning you a, you know, a Grammy. Yeah. And I want to, you know, I, I built with C Knowledge about, you know, when y'all went up to accept, you know, the Grammy. Yeah. And, you know, he said he didn't know, you know, what you said was planned or it was coming from the heart. Right. Now, I know, you know, that's a very popular, you know, clip that still floats around to this day. You know, where, yeah. you know, you basically making knowledge born and, and you know, telling them peace to the nation. So, huh. so yeah. can you take me back to that time? What was going through your mind? Like you wanted to let the, the people know what was going on? Because I know your background, you know, your family's background with the Black liberation, but then yeah. also with C Knowledge, his father was a Black Panther. Yeah. So I just want to know how all of that melded together. Okay. So when I used to see C around, we used to get up and down the East Coast, Balk, I mean, uh, Philly, uh, DC, the God was at Howard University doing his thing, and also New York. So we would be at little, you know, maybe at the Penn Relays or Howard Homecoming, and I would see him. Oh, there go that brother, you know what I'm saying? He was fly cab with the flat top and everything. So I knew he rapped and all that. I knew he did. I didn't even have to really know. So I ended up talking to him, and we, we got together. He was actually the one first one that gave me the lessons, you know what I'm saying? Enlighten me, you know? Okay. okay. So the vibe we caught was, I realized now we, we had a similar upbringing. We, we, we was taught similar things and similar outlooks on life, you know? So that's how we vibed. But that night at the Grammys, I didn't plan the speech because I didn't think we was going to win. We was up against Snoop and Dre. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So in my mind, it was, they was going to get it, you know? Right. But um, both my parents were there, C's parents were there. You know, it was a proud night. They had uh, Aretha Franklin was there. Yeah. So my, my parents was like really seeing, you know, I guess the equivalent of, you know, uh, uh, unparalleled icon, you know? Yeah. So we was all just vibing, having fun, really no taking in the moment. Sinatra was there that night, it was wild. Um, so we performed that night. So I thought they was gonna let us perform and then give the award to um, Snoop and Dre. So it caught it caught us off guard, really. We was we was we was we was you know what I'm saying we couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I could have heard each other's heart beating up there on stage. So it wasn't planned, but I knew, like, you know, like just how we was rolling at that time. Me, C, Mac, we was always studying. We had a pro-black outlook. We always looked at inconsistencies and injustices. Yeah. And in our hearts and shit, we was like, we, we speak on these things when, whenever we see it. And I remember we, we stayed in a nice hotel because it was at Radio City on the way to the joint, me, moms, pops, everybody walking, man, homeless people. Because at that time, there was a lot of homeless people in New York. So that was yeah. on my mind. And, and that's how that, that whole acceptance, um, the bars that I kicked in came into, into my mind. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't plan it, but it was it was it was kind of in, in my plan for my whole life based on my parents and, and the people I go around you know so indeed so let's 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 take that let's circle that back because you were telling me about you you know gaining your lessons from C mm -hmm. but also let's let's talk about your special relationship to uh 
you know, the 5% nation here in Washington, D.C., at Devon C. Cypher, if, if you care to talk about that. Well, again, that's all through, through C because all of the cats that he ran with was from D.C. as well. Even even most of the guards that he knew were from Philly at that. I mean, from D.C. at that time. He was he was he was dug in there because of his time at Howard University. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yes. That, that's how I met all of them. I mean, and, and to this day, like one of one of the best rappers and most influential cast to me is still in D.C. Japrene Magnetic. That's my man. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. He he one of the hardest running yeah. right now. So. Yeah. That was that's how it all was for me. Um, my auntie Kathleen lived there. My father was always in and out of D.C. Um, because of you know various jobs and stuff he had. He's he's a Philly cat, so that's what it really is. And you know, for me, there are a couple of the guys in the Earth side in here. Bar King is in here. Mm -hmm. Queen Divinity is actually in here as well too. Okay, peace, peace, yeah, yeah. So um, let's fast let's fast forward from from the diggable planet because you know many consider you as an innovator hmm. so let, let's go into the innovation of cherry wine hmm. that i would have to say was um um after i stopped playing sax my mother got sick i moved back to seattle i met a cat named thaddeus turner guitar player he fascinated me um and with the sounds he was making and that was when i first started learning how to play guitar you know yeah and once that happened i i really was off on that on a guitar kick for about four years and that's how cherry wine got started it was basically all guitar based music i i started with the guitar producing all the beats and stuff like that and then thaddeus and his brother gerald who's a bass player rounded out the band yeah. so that's what cherry wine was we signed with um this record company and we made the record but before the record came out the record company folded you know what i'm saying so that was really how the life of that group we, we was able to do a couple tours one tour hit new york hit a couple other spots and it was cool but it was kind of just like a short-lived project that represented um that is okay okay was that any any correlation to planet brooklyn hmm in the sense that the dude that did Planet Brooklyn, Mad Matthews, directed it. Yeah. He he felt the cherry wine stuff and he basically asked me to be in the movie based on the vibe that he got from me and the cherry wine stuff. And if I'm not mistaken, he used uh one of the songs in the in the in the in the joint. You know, yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. Let's, let's let's talk a little bit about the acting chops. Like, you know, <laughs> what made you get into that? Was that something you always wanted to pursue? Yeah, it, it was and still is actually. I'm always fascinated by good actors and good films and like um, you know, just people that's able to, you know, hold you emotionally, you know, throughout a film, you know, have all these highs and lows and nuances and subtleties like that that fascinated me. So I went to film school, uh, I went to NYU, I didn't finish, I dropped out, but we had an acting class that was required within that program and I I really was into it. And that's how I got started. So when, when Matt asked me to do the movie, and I also did a movie with Dream Hampton, a short film called I Am Ali. Yes. And um, so um, it was something that I, I really respect and like to do. Yeah. Yeah. See, you was on point because one of the uh, 
I guess the viewers just asked about I Am Ali. Okay. So, so I Am Ali, uh, Dream Hampton, who, who's a filmmaker and a genius, and um, uh, had this idea for um, a film about a guy who's like losing his mind, you know what I mean? Him and, and, and what kind of looking at it from the perspective of his girlfriend, you know, who's with him. And like that period of time when you like, you be thinking, oh, brother's wild to the period of time when you're like, oh no, something is yeah. gone, you know what I'm saying? So it took place over a very short period of time. And I, I played a guy that basically thought he was Muhammad Ali. And it went from people thinking he just did the impression a lot to, okay, something's wrong with this cat, you know what I mean? So. It was uh, in Sundance, and it, it, you know, over the years, this has a, it's had a good run, and people get onto it and see it and mention it to me sometime, you know. So that's cool, you know. Shout, shout out Dream Hampton, man, who directed that, and uh, also AJ, um, Arthur Jaffa, who did the cinematography on that back in the day. So that's well, how the universe works. You'll be, you'll be back in front of the camera soon. I'm gonna do my best. I'm actually gonna pursue that soon, man. So we're gonna see. We're gonna see. All right, well, by the ladies' reaction in here, man, they they saying yes, so. <laughs> yeah, God, I had to put you on the spot, Lord. Come on, man. Come on, man. Oh, man, shout out all the people, man. What's up, y'all? You got it heavy here, too, huh? Okay. Yeah, we, well, thank, thanks to you. You you know, you definitely bringing the people in, and definitely my, I have some very great supporters that have been yeah. in every Sunday, so I'm thankful for that. I appreciate you, man. That's great. Well, God. Okay, let's 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 jump to 2009. Okay. And the formation of Shabazz Palaces. Yeah. So you're back on the West Coast. Yeah. And you and your neighbor. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher his name. Tendai. Tendai Marade. Tendai. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to know how the both of you mesh because Shabazz Palaces is, is. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know how to explain it, but it's somewhat like sci-fi like black spunk like futuristic man i can go on and on man you know what right. i mean and you, you you have you definitely have to have an ear for it and I, I know that much yeah and, yeah an artistic view as well because that's what comes across when i listen to it so if you don't mind telling the people you know how you know shabazz battles came about right on after Cherry Wine didn't really do nothing, I, I moved back to Seattle. My mother got sick, and, and it was just like a period of time when I really thought my music career was over. So I had music equipment. I always made music, but I wasn't thinking about releasing it. And uh, Tendai was my neighbor. He lived like a block away. We used to hang out, talk sports and all this and that. He used to always be like, you should make music. You should make music. But I never used to say nothing. Finally, one day he said, I should be making music. And I told him, bro, like I make music all the time. You know what I'm saying? Word. So he said, let me hear it. So I played it for him and he was like, come on, man, what are you doing? Like, put this out, you know what I mean? Put this out. So after a while, I finally got everything together. I pressed up, I had two CDs, pressed them up myself, made a thousand of them and um, started selling them around the city and they, they caught on really well, got some good reviews, made it in the pitchfork, that kind of stuff. Word. So yeah, it was just like, um, I started, I did it, we did a show. So when I did the show, my man Tendai, he played percussions and played in beta. I was like, let you know, do the show with me and, and give it some dynamism, you know what I mean? Some some difference. Rather than just going up there with the mic or whatever, let's let's wild out a little bit. My man could play a lot of stuff. I could do my thing on the machines, drum machines, and um it, it ended up working out, man. You know, and um it was yeah, something like 
we've been all over the world with it, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to I wanna point out something special about Shabazz Palaces as well. Shout out to Sub Pop. Right on. You know, for those who don't know about Sub Pop, uh, Sub Pop is an independent label out of Seattle. And they are pretty much, uh, let's, let's say, responsible for, for nickel, for, uh, not, not Nickelback, Nirvana, Soundgarden, yeah. and yeah. Mudhunter. Yeah. You know, for the sound of grunge, bringing that out. So for sure. For, for, for that type of company to, to, I guess, come into business with you, mm -hmm. how, did, how did that actually feel? Because now I know you actually do, like, you know, promotion for them as well. Yeah. Well, they're in Seattle, and, you know, everybody at the label, even though they kind of, um, you know, purvey that type of music, they're all music listeners, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so when the Shabazz stuff was like going up in the city, we was like on the cover of um, the local paper and all that kind of stuff, you know? So I feel like they, we were on the radar basically there because of the, the way that they got passionate about music and they kind of know everything about music. And so um, my manager at that time, Jay Moore, he had a relationship with, with Sub Pop so he took the music up there and i think with us growing in the city and and having um that fan base and stuff like that and then i think sub pop at the time was like you know what let's let's try to get into something you know let's try to branch out a little bit so when, when we met with them the vibe was good and i really respected the peak the, the outlook because it's like they know they got to make money but they want to do it in a way that's not corny and like isn't exploitative, you know what I'm saying? So that kind of thing was was solid to me. And I was like, this this is a good place. And, and, and to be honest, wasn't a lot of people jumping at signing me at the time anyway, you know what I'm saying? So I felt I felt honored to be down with them and I, and I could feel the vibe from them too. So it was, it was good and it's been good. Well, you gotta think, I mean, I think it would definitely be an honor because these are the same people that started off Nirvana, Soundgarden and Mudhoney. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to, for them to go into the hip hop route and actually have you, you know, on the roster, so to speak, I, let's just say you, you pioneering that, that, that part of the genre for, for that label, I, I think is, is, is I, I can't even put it into words. Nah, it's, 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 it's magical, you know, and it's, it's, it's not meant to be, you know, even put in the words because it's, it's, it's all action. You know what I mean? It's always in motion. It's always growing. And, and like, sometimes I think about it and, and it's a trip and I feel warm in my heart about it and proud, you know? But but you're right, man. It's it's like, what can you really say? You know what I mean? It's, it's heavy. It seems you know? like Seattle is an incubator for, for that kind of art, you know? It's, it's a special kind of art that, that's put out to the world. So, you know, we're thankful yeah, to be getting some, you know, Sebastian Palace's music. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody that, that checks it out and listen to it and give it an ear. You know what I mean? Cause um, it's like when you make music and, and you think like you hope somebody gonna take a few minutes and, and check you out. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm always excited. Feel well, you already know what it is. Once the, you know, you know, you know about the magnetic, you know what I mean? Ooh, yes. <laughs> yes. All right, I, 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 all right, let's, let's, I want to take it here. Cause you know, the apple doesn't, you know, fall far from the tree. And I want to talk about your, you know, your son, little Tracy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, 
Lil Tracy as uh, a hip hop artist. You know, he came here to Washington D.C. last summer. Had two sold out shows. And yeah. when I introduced myself to him, he didn't know that you know you and I were quote unquote kin. Mm-hmm. So when I broke it down to him, he was like, "Man, hold up, let me call pops." <laughs> <laughs> Right there, right there. I think maybe 20 minutes before his show. Right. Uh, I'm talking about 250 screaming children back there ready to see him rock out. Yeah. You know, I, I still got footage. It was a crazy two days. Yeah. It was worth it. But, you know, being as though your son, I, I could say someone followed in your footsteps. Does he come to you often for, for advice or you just let him, you know, find his own way? A little bit of both. You know what I mean? Like, honestly... The way he made his way through the rap game on his own. He was around when the Shabazz thing came out and I, I didn't really put no my name on it because I didn't want people to think like, you know, the Diggable and the Shabazz thing was related at all. Understood. And I think that kind of sunk into him in terms of his approach to, he wanted to do it on his own. He felt like, you know, he could take advice from me. He could learn methodology from me and, and, and musical stuff, but, in terms of making it, I think he felt like he wanted to do that on his own. But, you know, he, he talked to me. We talk a lot, mostly about sports and life. But, you know, if things come up and he want to know what do I think about a contract or, or a situation or something like that, yeah. But just everyday talk about music and sports, is, that's just been what it is since he was a kid. You know what I mean? So we don't really sit down and, and just and boom, boom, boom about it, like specifically. But at the same time, I'm sure we talk about it more than we even know, you know? That's a beautiful thing, man. That's yeah. beautiful. Well, Ish, all right, guys. So is there anything you want to tell the people, you know, what you got going on, how to uh, get in contact with you, if you got music, merch? I mean, tell the people what you got going on, bro. Yeah, man, just like really shouting out um, the people that I rock with, you know, Diggables, um, the God Sea Knowledge, Ladybug Mecca, Black yeah. Constellation Peoples, uh, Styles the Boss, McCoyo, Ali Barnes, Nep Sidhu, OC Notes, uh, Silver Jackson, uh, BSA Gold. Uh, you know, like all the people that, that I rock with that's in my orbit that, that keep me thinking fresh, you know what I mean? Um, and you too, man, just like a lot of people don't know, man, when you was at the theater, like when, when bands travel far, on planes and buses and cars and they get to the venue everything that happens at the venue contributes to how good and relaxed the show is going to be you know so when when you the way that you treat people and make sure people is good and comfortable like it's rare surprisingly you know because of, you would think people would be in, in tune to that but the fact that you like that and, and, and provide that is a gift really you know what i'm saying i know for you that's just that's it's coming out of you that's genuine but it's just much appreciated. I could tell that this show is coming in that same vibe, man. So it's gonna go. You know what I mean? Thank you, bro. Yeah. Thank you for your blessings, man. That that really warmed my heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess you definitely know that comes in my current because uh, you already know my righteous name is Lord Peaceful, and yes. that righteous name was given to me by uh, the firstborn. I add unique. He just recently returned. Mm. So I want to actually dedicate this show to the God. You feel what I'm saying? Because if it wasn't for him, you know, not necessarily for him, but also my educator, Barkin, you know, Shamel Allah, I wouldn't be where I am today, so to speak, in, in the way that I think and how I help raise my children 
and how and how help I'm, you know, raising my grandson now. You know what I mean? If it wasn't, you know, for the knowledge, I honestly don't think that I I, I would be where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I wanted to dedicate the show to the God uh, I had unique. You know what I'm saying? Peace. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's heavy, man. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's really, it's really the, you know, when we're, whenever we're doing something individually ourselves, it's really by the grace of a lot of other people, you know what I mean? So people, you don't want to take yourself too seriously and always want to remember the people that gave you the game, you know what I mean? Indeed. For real. So that's, I appreciate that, bro. Indeed, man. It's, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, man. Anytime. to the family, man. I will yeah. definitely keep in touch, brother. I love you. Again, thank you for being on the set today with me, man. I appreciate you. I love you too, bro. Be good. Right, peace, right. peace. Peace, everybody. All right, y'all. That's episode 13 in the can. Episode 13 in the can with my brother Shabazz Palaces. Ishmael Butler, a.k.a. Butter. A.k.a. Butterfly. The one and only. Um, Wow. Uh, <laughs> This one really felt good. I thank all of y'all for uh, tapping in with me this Sunday. Um, August has been a definitely good month. Again, thank y'all for your support, man. It's, it's been amazing. Um, super shout out to my executive producer, Mika. She's the best. She knows it. She boss. Y'all follow her, man. She she doing big shit out here, and she's definitely one of my uh one of my guidances out here and I'm very, very thankful and happy for her. Um, y'all enjoy y'all Sunday. Wear y'all masks, social distance, all that good stuff. Yo, peace to the gods and earths. I see y'all in here today. I love y'all. Peace to my brother I had unique. Rest in perfection, God. And um, I'll see y'all next Sunday. Peace.